this Saturday. And then Wednesday, it was supposed to be today, but it'll be next Wednesday. We're going to have a special speaker. They could not make it tonight, so they're going to come next Wednesday night. Special speaker, and then um, for any of those who may still haven't signed up or want to go, the Handmaidens Conference starts tomorrow. Uh, they're in Albany, and, and for us, we could be praying for that. That would be awesome. Amen. Sister Kristen Keller will be here speaking for to the young girls, and she does an awesome job. And then uh, Missionary Logan Blackmon will be with us uh, Sunday evening, in service with us on Sunday evening. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And then another thing you need to mark down, it's on your calendar already if you've got a calendar from the from the first of the year when we hand it out. This thing's really hot. You might back off just a little bit. Thank you. Uh, July the 1st is Global Missions, one service at 11 a.m. Uh, the reason why is that most of you know we have most of us in the fireworks tents, and that's the reason why we're doing that. Uh, we did it last year. We're doing it again this year because we have so many people that are out, of the, out for those anyway, so we do that. Amen. So hopefully you've got all those announcements and you've got them all written down. Amen. And welcome to Bible study. Tonight we're going to go again, biblical doctrine tonight. Biblical doctrine again tonight. We gave you a, a little handout there so you could follow along with what we're going to be learning tonight in this class. Amen. Um, you can have faith and not be in the faith, as we mentioned last week. You can have faith, but not be in the faith. But you cannot be in the faith without faith toward God. Without faith toward God. And as I mentioned last week, I'm just going to mention about two or three verses here in regards to last week. One is the steps of salvation. The number one is believing in God. You'll never seek God. You'll never repent. You'll never do anything unless you believe there is a God. I mean, that's just very logical, and, uh, but that's what it is. You must have faith in God. You must believe in God. That's, that's the step of salvation. And then the first step with action involved that we take towards salvation from sin is, and it went off of the screen, it's repentance. So having said that, Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38. I think most of us now can pretty well quote this verse of scripture, but Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, I'm going to allow you to quote that tonight. I'm not going to put it up on the screen so you have cheat notes. You're actually going to have to try to say that from memory tonight. Hopefully by the time we get done with doctrine, you'll at least know Acts 2.38. Amen. So Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter... So let's do it one more time. Then Peter. Amen. Now believing is action, but really physical action involved. We take our first step towards salvation. It's in repentance. It's in repentance. Believing and faith precede repentance. They are inward works that produce or cause us to want to repent. It's an inward work, believing 
and we believe in God. And that inward work, it produces something in us, and that is repentance. We begin to repent to God about things that we have done wrong, folks. Um, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Folks, that applies to everyone in this house. Everybody was a sinner. Everybody. That means everybody needs Acts 2.38. Because everybody needs repentance. Uh, I know hopefully none of you will get bored with these doctrine classes. I just want us to be rooted and grounded. I want you to know what you believe in the book, folks. That's the reason why I'm giving these classes. And so, behold, I was shapen in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Does anybody know who said that? David said that after he had sinned. (laughs) It is essential that we repent and commit to God because of our sinful nature. It's essential that we repent and commit ourselves to God. Why? Because we were all born in sin and shapen in iniquity, folks. Every one of us. It's mandatory that we get things right with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and 8 through 10. I, I gave you this verse of scripture because I've been trying to teach you guys that you need to understand in the Bible, sometimes you'll see the same word, but it doesn't mean the same. When they translated it, they translated it to a word, And this is one of those portions of scripture I want to show you here, and it has to do with repentance, because I have dealt with people in regards to repentance where they, it's totally off, off, off the, uh, out of the book, but they try to take this little part and build their weird thinking about repentance, and that you only have to repent once and you never have to say you're sorry again, because then grace kicks in and it's all done. But Paul wasn't even saying anything close to that. It was ridiculous how they twisted, but I've literally had these conversations before because they used this word. Here we go. For though I made you sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent. For I perceive that the same epistle hath made you sorry, though it were but for a season. I go on. Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that sorry... That but ye sorrowed to repentance, for ye were made sorry after a godly manner that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. Next one. This is great. For godly sorrow worketh repentance, what? To salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 8 through 10, and you've got those in your notes right there, so you'll know where it is. But there's two different words there that one I put in the red and one I put in the blue, but the reality is it's two totally different words, meaning two totally different things. But I've seen people try to use those words as if they're the very same word. And saying that once you repent, you never have to repent again because the mercy of God covers all your sin and you're once saved, always saved, and there's no reason. That's absolutely not even close to what Paul's saying in this portion of Scripture at the first. Absolutely not even close. 
Number one, this is your first Greek word for those who may want the Greek reference number. It's G338. So you can verify I'm telling the truth. So the one that you saw in red earlier, that's the Greek word they're using. That Greek word means this. is a Greek word meaning to regret, to care afterwards, be sorry for. That's what it's talking about. Just expressing regret about it. Okay? The other one when you saw in blue, that's the Greek one, 3341. That's the Greek word meant there, and he was using it is a Greek word meaning to think differently, to change one's mind, purpose, or opinion. Two totally different words. One translated repent, repented, and the other in repentance. But both of them are totally two different words. Now, for godly sorrow worketh repentance. That's blue. To salvation, what does that mean? It means to think differently, to change one's mind, purpose, or opinion. To salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. Here's a note. Feeling sorry for or regretting something you have done wrong isn't repentance from dead works. And some people misunderstand this, and I'm going to explain this a little bit more here, but we must have more than a feeling of sorrow in order to be saved. Hear me, you've got to have more than just a feeling or having this regret about sinning. There has to be more. Repentance must be a godly sorrow so deeply felt that it produces a change of mind attitude and the direction in your life folks that's repentance not just feeling sorry and regretting you did it see repentance produces change true repentance produces change and now let me say this I think one of the greatest factors in people backsliding is people who don't truly repent there's things that either at the beginning when they started with God, they didn't put under the blood and completely repent of, or there's something that comes up in their life they can never repent and get over. And that's the thing that pulls them back. We've got to have a spirit of repentance constantly because we are living with this human nature that has attitudes. Now that's where everybody could have said Amen. Because everybody knows we have attitudes. Some of you, if you don't get your coffee, you're going to have an attitude. Somebody cut you off on the road, you got an attitude. We just have attitudes. We can be all kinds of attitudes simply because we're human folks. And it's at those times we need to make sure we let God know, I'm sorry that I haven't represented the kingdom of God well with the attitude I just had. Well, Amen. You showing somebody your IQ by giving them one of your fingers when you're driving when they cut you off, you need to repent about that. Okay? There's repentance because repentance produces change. Now, you may say, I don't don't understand what you're saying. Okay, here's your verse. Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented. 
himself. You know what word is being used right there? The very same Greek word that Paul used over there when he said, I regret, I repent that I wrote you this letter. He said, what he's saying is, I regret it. So he repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. Now some people say, no, it's totally repented. I'm just giving you the word of God exactly with the definitions that are there. That word repent there is not the same one that is used uh, when we were referring to later when he said there's going to be acts and things of repentance and changes of them. You say, when he took back the 30 pieces of silver, he also went out and hung himself. Hang himself. Folks, I'm just giving you the word of God tonight. Listen to me. Important note. Keep every scripture in its context or in relation to its background. Then you will understand its meaning. People take things out of context and it confuses the, confuse you about the word of God. So when it comes to doctrine, keep it in the context. Having said that, here we go. Repentance. Repentance from dead works is turning from, repenting of, and changing our mind about the works or actions that produce spiritual death or separation from God in our lives. That's repentance. Repentance is required because of sin. <laughs> now, I did lots of research on this, on this lesson and... and be careful in answering this question. Do all so-called so Christians believe in sin? Do all so-called Christians believe in sin? Now, I wanted to put a warning on this before we go forward. Warning. False doctrine on the next five slides. <laughs> I wanted to put this stuff up so you could read it, but I want to make sure you understand. This is not true. I'm putting this up there so you can see, but so don't take this part and say, ooh, that's true, okay? You're not going to find this in your notes because this is not true. That's false doctrine. But I want you to show you something that we're dealing with in this world, a spirit in this world, because people don't want to be viewed as being wrong. <laughs> they don't want to. For you to repent, you got to first say, I'm wrong. So look at you and say, tell them, warning, false doctrine ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay, I want to make sure everybody, so they're going, Pastor, you know what you said? No, no, okay, here we go. So of course, there, this, I'm taking this out of an article this man wrote. So of course, there are bad behaviors in the world that violate love. Your role is to receive the love of God for yourself and then to love them in the same way God loves you. Technically, then, there is no such thing as sin, by the biblical definition anyway. Sadly, Sunday mornings all across the world, people will be focusing on sin instead of the finished work of Christ. Now, we're going to go on. Now, I had a confirmation for this message because I was getting gas yesterday and the guy at the thing saw my, my license plates which was Bishop's license, but he said, Shepherd, and he comes around there, he said, so, Shepherd, he said, are you a, some type of a preacher? And I said, yeah, I'm some type of a preacher. He said, I'm a Pentecostal preacher, I'm a pastor. 
And he goes, well, I'm telling you one thing. I, I have been totally confused with all this religious stuff. He said, uh, they, they need to start preaching what the Bible says. And I said, I'll agree with you totally. And he said, because the Bible teaches uh, the, uh, that everything is covered with love. Everything is covered with love and we're all covered with grace. He says, all those rules and regulations in that book that you preachers push and the do's and the don'ts, he said, all that stuff is so confusing, I gave up. I just couldn't understand it, he said, and I finally just accepted, just love and live in grace. And I thought, thank you, Lord, for confirming the message tonight. <laughs> but I told him, I said, I said, I said, do you have a wife? He says, absolutely not. And I thought, well, I can understand why. <laughs> so then I said, because I was trying to get, say something to him, but, and I said, have you ever been married? He says, yes. And I said, I said, did you love her? He goes, well, for a while. So he, he was a different character. But I said, well, when you did love her, I said, did you want to get her flowers and do things for her? And he goes, yeah, that's just natural. I said, so then your love made you do things to please her because you loved her right I said you know what the do's and the don'ts are for it's because we love him I said Phil when you say you love him but you won't do do's and don'ts and you won't do all that stuff I said what you're really telling me is you really don't love him that was the wrong button to push because <laughs> then he let me know I'm judgmental we're judging people sending people to hell it's just like oh, okay I can't win with this deal okay but I felt it was a confirmation. But you see what he's saying? Technically then there is no such thing as sin by the biblical definition anyway. This guy's crazy. Okay, again, let's remember that though John said if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. He uses a verse that totally blows his whole little doctrine to pieces. He puts it in the ark. He also said sin is lawlessness. Man, can't you read the Bible? You quoted it for yourself there. We're lying if you say there's no sin, okay? That law was made obsolete at the cross, but did not fade away into A.D. 70 when it was permanently destroyed. Okay, now here we go. Therefore, sin cannot exist in a technical sense anymore. More So trying to change a world with behavior modification program, a self-help guru, or a sin management process of reading the Bible, praying, fasting, or going to church completely misses the point. <laughs> now this is a licensed minister with an organization. I'm not exaggerating. This is there. I'm, I'm not making this stuff up, folks. Seriously? So if you, if you say Bible reading, you shouldn't do that, or praying and fasting or going to church, you tore out most of the Bible right there. <laughs> now then, we get to the real point. You ready? Here's his real point. The point is that there is nothing spiritually wrong with you except that you think that something is wrong with you. There's... there's the end of insanity right there. And I'm not naming him so you don't know who I'm talking about so you can't go out and say I'm slamming people. I'm talking about messed up doctrines that are in this world where people say there's no sin so why in the world do I have to even do this repentance thing? Folks, we were all born in sin and shapen in iniquity. Every one of us have a sinful nature we have to battle with, folks. Come on. 
We are all battling with this stuff. Folks, look at what. The point is, is that there is nothing spiritually wrong with you. You're fine just the way you are, except that you think there's some, there is something wrong with you. Uh, there's definitely mental issues there that we won't get into. Now then, I looked down at the bottom of this whole thing and seen this post. Here's the post from somebody. Look at this. Post comments about this article. Brilliant, bright, manifested light. I am saving this to read over and over till it is etched in my heart and pours out of my body, mind, and soul. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Folks, there are people out there that need to hear truth. And we sit around with truth and there are people out there that will hear something like this and they think it's right. That's the reason why we have the greatest gift in all the world, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the gift of the Holy Ghost, and the Word of God. Amen. We have these things. That are, hey, this is the best kept secret in all the world. This truth of the doctrine is the best kept secret of the world. We as the church need to let people know what the Word of God says, folks. Amen. Folks, there's still sin in the world. Amen. He's right in one point. The law did go aside as far as the ceremonial part of the... They, he took part of... You see what I'm saying? Taking part of truth and then distorting the rest of truth. You've got to be careful when you read the Word of God. You've got to be careful when you're studying that you don't get confused, folks. Amen. That's the reason why we need the thing called the spirit of truth that will lead us into all truth. So the answer to that question was no. Not all Christians believe in sin. Now, I hope you got your Bible here because I'd like for us to go to Romans chapter 5. And I didn't put it up there, but Romans chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse number 12 through 21. Again, first thing that Peter talked about was repentance, folks. Repent. And that first action that you're going to make is in repentance. In repentance. You've got to have faith in believing, but I'm talking a physical, where you're going to get on your knees or you're going to cry out to God and you're going to voice that, hey, God, I'm sorry for what I have done. But we're looking at Romans chapter 5, and we're going to look from verse number 12 all the way down to verse number 21, which is the end of the chapter. If somebody would like to help me, maybe 12 through 16, if somebody would like to read that, 12 through 16, read it nice and loud. Somebody hear another voice in the house?
Okay, anybody else want to read? I'm going to make comments a little bit. 17 to the end of the chapter there. Someone like to read that nice and loud? Making you participate today. So, yes, go ahead, Dustin. Verse, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men and most women, for that. (laughs) It just didn't mean men, it means mankind. So both male and female, folks. For that all have. So I guess that kind of blows that guy's doctrine apart too there. For that all have sinned. Now who's this talking about? Adam. Adam was that one individual who through disobedience to God's commandments brought sin upon every one of us. (laughs) There was no sin in the beginning until there was disobedience and then there was sin. We inherited that what? Through our human nature, folks. Adam's seed, and Adam's seed gave us our sinful nature. And so we are all under sin. We're going to look at some verses here in regards to this. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. For the wages of sin is But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at this. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 1. And you being dead in your sins and and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all transgressions. All transgressions. You know how, why God forgives us? It's because we repent. You asked for forgiveness from God. We say, God, I'm sorry, acknowledging it, and then God forgives us. God wants to forgive us of every one of our mistakes. Amen. And we can frustrate the grace of God and the mercy of God by failing to repent to God. Even though we say we're the children of God. Again, we're not once saved, always saved. Amen. You can be saved forever by trusting in God and God is able to keep you. Amen. But there is the possibility of you backsliding and leaving truth. 
and entering back into sin and being lost. I got a ton of scriptures and I'm, I don't have time to go with that because I think I have a hundred, hundred and something slides tonight so I'm not going to be able to go there. But we'll get into that a little later. But here's another. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the mercy of God, the blood of Jesus Christ, which covers a multitude of sin. Adam's disobedience, as we read, brought sin on all of us. But the obedience of Jesus Christ to the cross, folks, and to the will of the almighty God of heaven, then that, that flesh was nailed to the cross. God didn't die. God cannot die. It's that fleshly temple that housed the Almighty God. The body of Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross and that body was obedient, nailed to the cross, offered unto God, what? As a sacrifice that we might be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God for His obedience. Now, if we are going to stay under the blood, we've got to do the same thing he did in going to the cross, and that is what? Obey. If obedience brought this to us, obedience is going to keep us in it. Obedience to what? Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When we make mistakes, what? We humble ourselves before God, and we pray, and we repent. We obey God. We obey His Word. There's a lots of verses we're going to look at here. But here we go. Galatians 5, 16 through 21. I'm going to come back and make some comments on those things as soon as we give you a few more verses. And then we'll tie some of those together. But it, that, that article I read from that guy, that's the reason why I want to make sure you know that's total false doctrine. But, and I'm not giving you his name because I don't want you going and looking him up and read a bunch of crazy stuff about him. I mean, if you're that eager, you can do it yourself. But there's some things you just don't need to even study out because they're just too crazy. I mean, somebody who says something like that and then uses a scripture that contradicts everything he's saying right in his article is something is wrong with him, okay? So Galatians 5, 16 through 21, I've got these on slides, but I, I made sure you may want to go there and read it too. It says, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We need the spirit of God, folks. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary, the one to the Others, so that ye cannot do the things ye would. Has anybody had a struggle at times living for God? <laughs> Paul said, the things that I would do, I do not. And the things that I would not do, I do. <laughs> Seems like a little confused, but that's where we are too. I wish I hadn't have done that, but I did it. <laughs> And then I wanted to do that, but I didn't do it. I meant to get up this morning and pray, but I didn't do it. But I wanted to do it, but I didn't do it. I should have done it, but I didn't do it. I was going to read my Bible, but I didn't do it. But I wanted to do it, but I couldn't do it. And I should have done it, but I didn't do it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That struggle. You have that struggle that's going on because there's a battle. Because we're wanting, because of the spirit inside of us, wanting to do what God wants us to do and obey, but our flesh is fighting against us, folks. 
contrary to what we wanted. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law, nor now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And these are all sin. Okay? <laughs> Just in case you didn't know that. These are all sin. And you can ask yourself, do you think any of this is still going on today? Okay? Here's these. Adultery. <laughs> Fornication. <laughs> Uncleanness. <laughs> Lasciviousness. Idolatry. Witchcraft. <laughs> Hatred. Variance. Emulations. Wrath. Strife. Seditions. Heresies. Envies. Murders. Drunkenness revelings, and such like, just in case he missed something, and such like. I think some of these things are still going on today. I may, I may be wrong, but I think they are. <laughs> so I think there's still sin, sin in the world today, folks. Even technically, sin is still in the world today. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. Folks, sin is a real problem. <laughs> sin is a real problem you're going to need to deal with if you're going to serve God. And the only way to deal with sin is one thing. This is the honest to God truth. You know, I say sometimes you, we're not sitting on a rock holding our finger and humming. The Lord is my witness. God, you know I'm telling the truth. There was this SUV sitting out beside the restaurant when I, we went out to eat with my wife the, on, on Monday night. Took her out to eat. And I decided to run out to the vehicle and get something. I ran out to the vehicle sitting on top of an RV. With the shoes setting beside them was a man with his legs crossed and he's sitting there like this. On top of the RV with his shoes off. Now, you know, whatever helps him there, but to some people, that's the only way they get seeming peace is this point of meditation. But no amount of meditation and a humming and and saying these things can take care of the sin issue. You can't meditate away sin issue in your life. Amen. You can't do enough good deeds to get the sin out of your life. You can't say I did five bad things today so I'm going to do six good things so I trump it by one and I win. That's not President Trump. But I do more than one so I'm ahead of the ball game. That's not how it works. Sin is a real problem. And you got to deal with sin in your life if you're going to please God. And you may say, well, I'm not a murderer. Sin can come in lots of forms. And that's why he put that little statement at the end there. Because lying is sin. <laughs> Hello? There's a lots of different sin and sin is a real problem, folks. Sin works not only physical death in our lives, but spiritual death as well. Now, repentance applied in the Old Testament. Is this all right today? Am I? I'm doing all right. We're not going to go very much longer, but would you turn to this portion of Scripture here? This is Genesis chapter 35, 1 through 3. 
This is talking about somebody who's wanting to get things right with God. There's somebody that's saying, hey, I, I messed up God and I want to get something right with you. And, and I'm, there's several examples and I can tell by time we're probably not going to get through all of these. So we're probably just going to have to go part way tonight. But Genesis 35, 1 through 3, if somebody would like to stand and read that for us tonight, I'd be greatly appreciated. Genesis 35, 1 through 3. Thank you, Brother Burton. I want us to look at some specific things in this portion of scripture. Look at this. Put away the strange gods that are among you. He's trying to get right with God. We must remove anything from our life that separates us from God. I want to tell you again, one of the things that we battle with in backsliding is little things that we don't repent of and change in our lives it's the little things that grow into big things in our life it can be attitudes at times uh, I, we've dealt with all kinds of stuff things that just attitudes that people won't say hey God this is wrong and I'm sorry for it other little sins in your life you say well it's just a little bitty thing in my life but the little bitty thing if you don't recognize the danger of the little bitty thing and get it out of your life, it will begin to separate you from God. Because God is holy. And as God being a holy God, that means you've got to have sin out of your life if you're going to be saved. And the only way, the only remedy to sin is you can't go down to Kaiser and get a shot and say, could you give me the anti-sin shot? There is no anti-sin shot. It is repentance. That's what you've got to do to get rid of the sin issue in our life. Repentant. Put away the strange gods that are among you. We must remove anything. Now hear, hear me. God deals with us if you've got the Holy Ghost on things that displease God. Absolutely. Do I hear an amen? And there are things in our life that I may never preach from that pulpit. But you know what? God will deal with you personally about it. And he'll say, he'll deal with you and say, and then, can I go to the next step? There are things that are not sin, but God deals with us because he understands your personal weakness in regards to that situation. And even though we might not term it as quote-unquote sin, then it could be a weight which will so easily beset you that others may be all right with, but you personally, if you don't get it out of your life, it will destroy you. Yeah. Hear me. There are things that we look at and they're doing them and you may say, I, don't, I can't do that. Fine. I remember Bishop has talked about before, there's no sin in ping pong. 
There's no sin in ping pong. But he's talked about how he had to give up ping pong. Why? Because that thing was literally occupying so much of his time, it was robbing his time from God. Correct, Bishop? And so he talked about, I had, just, I had to get that out of my life so I could make sure, because if it's separating us from our devotion to God, we need to get it out of our life. Amen. Well, amen. Yeah. And so I'm talking tonight is there are things we got to get out of our life. And there are things that, hear me, when God deals with us and he makes us aware that they are not what they need to be, we need to get them right with God and then tell God, I'm sorry for how these things have affected my relationship with you. We still need to repent to God and say, God, I, I, I'm sorry that I haven't spent the time I needed to in prayer because I've been involved in this thing. And that's stealing away from God. You need to get things right with God. Let me tell you something. You can never tell God you're sorry too much. <laughs> say, well, I'm, I've overdone it this week. I've, I've told God I'm sorry two or three times. It's just way over the top there. I'm going to tell you what, you may be telling God you're sorry two or three times an hour. Who knows? But you want to make sure you're humbling yourself and letting God know you really are sorry. Here's another example. You ready? Yet ye have forsaken me and served to the gods, wherefore I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. And the children of Israel said unto the Lord, We have sinned. Do thou unto us whatsoever seemeth good unto thee. Deliver us only. We pray thee this day. And they put away the strange gods from among them and served the Lord. And his soul was grieved for the misery of Israel. Hmm. They put away the strange gods from among them. Why? Because they're getting things right with God. Hear me. Here's the key to repentance. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord saying, It's your fault, God. You shouldn't have placed us among these heathers. What do you expect us to do if you choose a land for us to dwell in full of idolaters? Well, that's not in scripture. <laughs> I just wrote that myself there. <laughs> but that's the attitude we have nowadays. God, how do you expect us? It's your fault. You stuck us right here in this country and gave us this promised land with all these heathens around here. It's all your fault, God, that I'm not doing well, God. We always look to blame everybody, including God, for this. Are you ready? And the children of Israel, this is in the Bible, cried unto the Lord saying, we have sinned against thee. Wow! There is really still sinners in the world? <gasps> wow. I didn't know there were still sinners in the world. Because nobody wants to acknowledge their sin. But both because we have forsaken our God and also served Balaam. Did you see what they said? We have sinned against thee. Here we go. Repentance begins with an admission of guilt. <laughs> Repentance begins with an admission of guilt. They said, we have sinned against thee. They understand I violated you, God, and it's you, you only, that I have sinned against God. And I need to get things right with you. Why? Because I'm forsaking God, and I'm also the things I have done in serving another God. 
Let's see, do we have about five more minutes? Can you give me five more minutes and then I, 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 I'll wrap up. I won't go to those other verses down there. But let's go to this one. Repentance begins with a mission. Go to this. Having, be clean. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now what did they say in Genesis chapter 35 and verse 2? He told them, be clean. Be clean. Get those gods out of your house and be clean. Throw away your up. Be clean. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and spirit and spirit and spirit and spirit. Well, I'm telling you what, some people can have long sleeves, long sleeves, long dresses, long tongues. They can look so apostolic. But their spirit is devilish. And he's saying, it's not about just our flesh and the do's and the don'ts and all these things. It's the spirit that's also extremely important if we're going to please God. Cleanse ourselves not only from this filthiness. Folks, what he's saying, there's a filthiness of the flesh, but there's a filthiness of the spirit too. And I'm telling you, to me personally, it's, there's nothing more difficult to deal with than an apostolic who has a filthy spirit because they're also usually wrapped in that self-righteousness and they're not doing anything wrong. You're the problem. That's what I deal with. But I'm going to tell you what, if we're going to please God, we're going to have to repent, number one, of the things of the flesh, but we're also going to have to repent of our spirit and get our spirit right. We've got to have both our flesh and our spirit in line with the word of God. Amen. Now look at that last phrase. It says, and that's going to what? Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What he's saying is just doing the do's and don'ts in the flesh is not enough. If your spirit is not also in line, then that's not holiness unto God. Can I say this? This church has to be careful of our spirit in regards to other people and not get this attitude that we are more spiritual and more holy than other people. That is a filthy spirit. Because no one in this house does anything you do for God except for the power of God. It's God giving you the power to live that way, folks. It's not you. I'm going to tell you what, none of us could live for God if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost that gives us power to live for God. Amen. And we got to recognize it all the time. So here we go. How then can we cleanse ourselves? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Question. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy word. Thy word. Thy word. Not now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. <laughs> How do we get things right with God and cleanse ourselves through the Word? It's not the do's and don'ts and the guidelines of any local congregation. That's not what it's about. It's about following the Word of God. Those guidelines give us order in this place. But those guidelines need to be in line with this. Amen. They all line up together. If our guidelines we use here to give us order in the church, because every good church is going to have to have guidelines, just like every home has. Every one of our homes, I hope, 
has some rules and guidelines in your home. I hope most of you, when you eat your food, you like to make sure that the, you eat your food on the table. <laughs> There's just some rules that we have for our kids. I mean, my wife's pretty picky. She loves our grandkids, but she will tell them, you guys don't eat in the living room. Come in here. She has to tell her kids. Get in here to the dining room table and get off the furniture with my food. Household rule. Guidelines. Those are to give us order. Here at the palace, we have guidelines. But they are to help us to have order in here so we can please God. And the principles of them line up with this. Amen. Well, you're saying, what about this one in regards to your dress and stuff? It goes to the principle of the word of God. Why are you wearing those stuff? Because we're trying to cover up things. <laughs> we don't want to show things. It's why we're doing what we're doing. It's not because we're more super spiritual and holy. It's because we're guarding ourselves and helping others that are around us. Amen. This is really good stuff tonight. Look at this. Through my word, that's how you are cleansed. If you are not reading the word of God for yourself, then you're setting yourself up for failure. Because wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? Or how can he make sure he's pleasing God with the word of God? But if you don't know what the word of God is, you don't know what to do to please God. <laughs> See, it's times when you're reading the word of God and the spirit of God quickens you, you know some things you need to repent about. Because the word just revealed to you, uh-oh, I've been doing that. I, do I have a witness that's ever happened to you? It comes through preaching, it comes through teaching, but it comes through your Bible reading too. That, that when you read it, all of a sudden you'll go, wow, I'm not doing that. But God, I'm sorry, I'm going to start doing that because I want to please you. I believe everybody here wants to please God. Can somebody say amen? amen. Well, I've got some more slides, but I'm not going to do this because it's got a lots of them here. And we're just going to have to do part two of, of, of Doctrine 3. <laughs> so we would just have to keep your little flyers and bring them back again and we will pick up from there because uh, uh, some of the stuff that's going to be here at the end it goes back and ties together a lots of the things I've said and clarifies it and so I kind of leave you hanging in the air and I, I'm sorry about that but I, I wish I could get it all tied together tonight but I know that's not possible but we have a lots of scriptures and I hope you'll have that paper and study those things and stuff the bottom line is this uh, folks, not only do you need repentance in your initial <laughs> salvation, you're going to need repentance to remain saved. If you're going to please God, you're going to have to repent. It's like any type of relationship. If you're going to stay married very long, you're going to have to say, I'm sorry, sometime. And if people don't say they're sorry, you're divorced. <laughs> it's going to happen because I'm going to care how great you are, men. I mean, we're, we're pretty awesome husbands, you know. I didn't hear any amens from the women, but, <clears throat> oh, it's because my wife's not in here, right? She must be in nursery. She's probably yelling back there. But anyway, no, none of us are perfect. And we have to say we're sorry. In this relationship, we're going to have to say we're sorry also. Amen.
Let's all stand and we'll go through these really fast. There was one. Let me go back here and stay here. That's one we're going to get to later. Living for God is a relationship with God. And I'm talking just a little bit about it right now. Living for God is a relationship with God. Amen. Let's go. We're going down here to the end. Am I getting close? I'm looking for the blackout. Oh, there it is. We blacked out. All right. Well, I hope you've been helped from the word of the Lord tonight and also keep those things. I hope you'll just keep collecting those and hold on to them um, because it's doctrine. We're going to be going to lots of stuff. We're dealing with different stuff. We're starting with repentance because if you don't know how to repent, you're never going to please God. Amen. Lord, I thank you again for every soul that's been in the house of God tonight. I'm thankful, Lord, for your precious word. Lord, tonight, God, I pray, Lord, that your word would help us to humble ourselves and pray and to seek your face, O oh God, that we may please you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, to repent, God, of our sins, repent of the things, Lord, that we do that violate, God, the commandments of God and your will, Lord, for our life. Lord, we definitely need to humble ourselves, God, in this proud United States of America. And, Lord, realize, God, we need you every day. We cannot make it, Lord, without you because we are weak and you are our strength, God, and you help us, Lord, from day to day day God thank you again for every soul that is here tonight God lead us and guide us as we go from this house Lord let's help us to be an example everywhere we go of the mercy of God and grace of God that's working in our lives in the name of Jesus we pray to you be all glory and honor in Jesus name amen if you're dismissed here then Peter Put that back up. Put my PowerPoint. You just put my PowerPoint down. <sighs> put it back to that same slide I had it there. You don't want to see me have a cardiac here. <laughs> Batteries in my heart are running down here. So you got it back at the same slide? Think you do? That's a slide. Back to the same slide. Down at the bottom where the blackout is. Go down there and say start with current slide. Some of you are saying why? I need it. I want it. Are you there? One second. Let's all pray for Sherman. <laughs> he just lost his job. <laughs> you ready now? Uh, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Sister Key. Happy birthday to you. <clears throat> she is also 50. <laughs> Plus 35 for a grand total of 85 years old today. Woo! Happy birthday. Now, I know it was a little hard for some of you on this lesson. It's a little rough tonight, so we have something sweet for you to help you. The medicine go down a little bit. So we're going to have, Bishop, you can go down there and get your wife so she'll get in front of the line because if you don't, some people might run over you unless you get a head start. 
back there, but we're going to go back in the back here and we're going to have some Sundays. Anybody mind having maybe a Sunday today? Maybe some chocolate or caramel or strawberry or no calories this 